This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So here's the famous question that I ask every year. And the question is very simple. In, in, in his dream, right? Um, when he wakes up, what does he do? He takes the stone, eh, the rolling stones, and all got became one stone. But he also went to Matseva and he made a, 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 a monument. And he anointed it with oil. So the famous question is, everybody knows the the, the I saw the measure last night again. Everyone knows the story of that Eliphaz was sent to kill Yaakov. What Eliphaz learned with Yaakov, he was his student, and he said, I don't know what to do. Kibbut of the aim, my father said he's going to cut my head off. That was the Lashon. Asa said, I'll cut your head off if you don't kill Yaakov. So, so he didn't know what to do. He said to Yaakov, what am I going to do? When I go home, he's going to cut my head off. So... So Yaakov said, take everything that I own, and ani chashav kimeh, so if I don't have anything, I'm considered like I, I died. Because he took everything, and he jumped into a water, into the water, and he was covered by the water, but he had no clothing. Says the Medrash that there was a, uh, uh, an, uh, a sheik who was going past this water hole, and the camel threw him, uh, and, and he, he felt, he went into the water and he drowned. And Yaakov took his um, took his clothing, and then he went to Yeshiva Shem Eber for fourteen years. And the reason he went to Yeshiva Shem Eber for fourteen years was because he was scared that the people that belonged to this sheik would see him in the sheik's clothing and would think he killed him, he drowned him, and he stole it. So that he figured after fourteen years they won't be looking for it anymore. So it's a medrash rabbi. It's a medrash brings down. So the question is, everybody, where did he get the oil from? If he took everything away from him, he had no oil. So where do you get the oil from? So the, all the Mepharshim asked this question. So some of, some of the Midrashim said that the oil came from Shemayim. Right? But there's a very beautiful lesson to be learned. So the one thing that we know Eliphaz left him with was what? What did he say to Hashem? I came across the Jordan with a stick. It was the only thing he had was a stick. Now listen, listen to the godless of learning Torah. The greatness of learning Torah. But this is what he says. Where did Yaakov have oil from? The Sefer Paneach Raza Hiksha. Didn't the Lephaz run after him? And he took everything that he had. Except the Makashalo, the stick. How do we know? Because the Pazik says, Keep a Makli, Avatisayadin. I had a stick. So what did Yaakov do? Before he left, he carved out and he made the stick hollow. And he would fill up the hollowness of the stick with oil. So there was a hollow stick and in the stick was oil. That no matter where he was, he would have oil to lie so he could learn at night. If you don't have oil, you don't have candle, you can't learn at night. Ubi MS, Right? Where'd he get the oil from? So Pirkadrilliada says, the Yorad whatever that means. Okay. So it seems to be that this Stick sort of was like a, like a 
What's a cut? Like a jar. You know, you can just you can pull the oil out of it. So he says that um, when Yaakov later on went back for his pachim tanim, what he had left was the hollowed stick, and. Um, This oil was used to anoint many, 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 many different things. What does he say here? Ru Hashem and Shinimshach Mimeno HaMishkan. All the Caleb in the Mishkan. Aaron, his children, the kings. And no matter how much oil they, they, they pour, he poured out, it magically refilled. The famous story with Eliyahu, he said, how do I pay you back? He kept pouring the oil into all the pots and they kept filling up. That was also from this stick. Now also, this was the um, the Sifse Kayan says that this was the, the oil that um, he hid and the Chashmanam found it. The Chashmanam found it. Came from that oil. So, what we see from here, which is the point I want to make, is that because Yaakov Avinu was scared, they wouldn't be able to learn Torah, and he hollowed out the stick and he, and to make this oil, the Mishkan, the miracle of the, that he kept pouring, the miracle of, of, of Hanukkah, the Moshe Rabbeinu, the, all the all the Malachim, everything that came afterwards was anointed with this oil. But the reason he took this oil was not for Moshe Rabbeinu or the Mishkan or Hanukkah. He took it because he wanted to learn Torah. The Koyach of, of 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 thinking about how am I learn Torah at night? I have the light. So in the end, that that Torah ended up with Shemin. We know Shemin ours is Torah. Went for all the generations. It's amazing, you, you, you know. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight. That you, you, you have these, if you have a pure idea and you do it for the right reason, it becomes something much, 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 much bigger. Okay. There's one other thing, and then we'll, we'll go into the the Medrash Tanchuma. This is just important for everyone to know the importance of the importance of eating Matzi Shabbos Malava Malka, and specifically, it says you're supposed to wash. And you're supposed to eat something warm, specifically something warm by Mulava Malka. So soup or a tea, but but something that's something that's ham. Okay, there is a bone in your back called the loose. Okay, and um, I'm just going to read you what it says about this loose, the etzem loose. Right, he says the following: The parish of Lazarus gamiz al atarik has drawn the flame between etzem al loose. This bone. There's a bone in our bodies that's called a luz. It's the, it's the main part of the human being. That's where you start to become created from. When a person dies, that's the only bone in your body that doesn't rot. So if you open up a grave, there's going to be one little bone in there. That's it. If you take that bone and put it into fire, like Tisra, if you can't burn it, and if you put it in a, grind, a grinding mill, you won't be able to grind it. With a hammer, you can't split it. 
who etzim sheish lekiyim nitzchi. It's there forever. When Hashem does chiyas emesim from the bone called the luz, God's going to create the human being. The etzim aluz he hamekabelas haschav al einish achemitzis adam. That bone is the one that gets reward or punishment after a person dies. We will say they rise up, Rizia, he called that bone Beiskel, Bethel, where my horses are. Can never be destroyed. He called it a different name. That bone in your body only gets nutrition from a lava malka. Whatever you eat during the week does not, that, that bone does not take anything from it. Only from, uh, what's it called? From, from lava malka. But he says, that the Rev. Zuli writes on the Lavush that the Luz only gets, uh, nutrients from Suda Shabbos. And um, he says that, that there are some that say he doesn't get from, from La Malka, but from Yayin Havdalah, from drinking the wine in Havdalah. But we hold mostly that the Luz, that bone gets from Malava Malka, that you wash and you have something warm. Like it says in, like it says in the El Yerabah, now, why doesn't this bone rot? Why is this the only bone in your body that doesn't rot? Every other bone rots, veins, skin, gone. Everything's gone. After a year, there's nothing there. So, why only this bone? He says something beautiful. So, El Yerabah says, when he ate from the Eitzadas, all the limbs and bones and things in the body got nutrition from the Eitzadas. It absorbed, it was an Avera. Everything absorbed it. But since this bone only absorbs from Malava Malka, by Malava Malka he was already out of Gan Eden. By Malava Malka, but Shabbos, so the Luz never got Hanor from the Eitzadas. So it never got punished, so it doesn't rot. El Yerava. Therefore, all those Evarim will die and rot in the ground. Well, the punishment was, and you will return, you come from dust, you're going to return to dust. But the, the bone of the Luz, it had no Hanoa, only from Malava Malka, it didn't have any Hanoa, enjoyed from the Eitzadas. It doesn't have any, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, what's it called? It, it doesn't fall apart, it doesn't, um, rot. The kaimle netzach, and it's there forever. Now, what about according to the rabbis that say, there's two, an argument, that it's not from the Mlava Malka, but it's from the wine, the wine of Abdullah. The same answer. The wine of Abdullah came after the Avera. Also came after the Avera. And the one who holds that it comes from, from the Suda Shabbos, that makes it right, also was after. So the Luz, whether it gets it from Shabbos, Abdullah, 
or Malava Malka, it didn't get anything from the Eitzadas. And therefore, it never rots. And therefore, it has this chus. And Be'ezot Hashem, Be'korov, when Mashiach comes, the Tchiyas HaMesim comes from that bone because death came to the world and rotting, things rot, and death came to the world from eating from the Eitzadas. And since that bone never got nutrition from the Eitzadas, that's where Hashem makes Tchiyas HaMesim from. I never spoke about this before. It's very cool. Very cool. So, it's a very big mitzvah. Make sure you always have Malava Malka. My father, Oliver Shalom, every Malava Malka, he had fleshics. He had chicken soup and chicken, and he had a whole party. Malava Malka. Why? Because the halacha is, my father, the halacha is, that in the nine days, in the nine days, if a whole year, if a whole year, your Malava Malka was fleshics, then on the nine days, even though you're not allowed to eat fleshics, you're allowed to have malava malka fleshics. So he he ate a whole year, so he could eat malava malka in the nine days fleshics. He washed, he had soup, he had chicken, warm food, and and most people hold that that's the that's what feeds that bone. They're called the lose. Now you're there. All right. We learned it's beautiful, and, and, and you see from Yaakov Avino a little bit, he wanted a little, I want to learn at night, I need a little oil, right? He hollered it out, so he didn't know that he had the oil, you know, Eliphaz didn't know. And, and that oil ended up, all the generations, Torah, right, you do Torah, Lishma, look what came out of it. Mishkan, Moshe Rabbeinu, Eliyahu Navi, Hanukkah, without that there's no Hanukkah, no. And that's what they found, and that's why I kept, according to one of them on the other, why do you have eight days, you only have seven days? First day wasn't a miracle. He says the first day when he poured out all the oil, it refilled. So every single day of the eight days, it refilled. That was what? It was a new day every day. Otherwise, one day you had enough for, so it should be seven, not eight. That was one of the answers. All right. So this is what I talked about all week in school, all week. It's Tuesday night, right? Okay. So far this week, and a little bit on Shabbos, and a little bit before Shabbos. Very, very, very important. And then we're going to learn some new measures. It's a very new share, Medjistan Khuma that we never learned before. So listen carefully, this is so important for everyone who's listening and for everyone that's here. And he had a dream. And the, the, the ladder was on the ground. And the top of the ladder reached, reached, touched the heaven. And the angels were going up and down. Hashem needs of Olam. I was on top of the ladder in his dream. He saw God, right, standing there. But Hashem. He said, "I am Hashem." The famous Chida. Why he didn't call Yitzchak his father? We're not going there. And he tells him, "I'm Hashem, and, and, and I'm going to watch you wherever you go. I'm going to take care of you." But he gets Yaakov Mishnaso, and he wakes up. So he slept because he woke up, right? He said, um, Behold, God is in this place. I didn't know this. But Yuri became very scared. Oh my gosh, this place is so holy. This is God's house. And this is Shar Shemayim. Now, a lot of people miss this. You know, it's not my subject tonight. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. But Yash came, Yaakov, Vaboka. And Yaakov woke up in the morning. You, you just told me he woke up. But you got some Mishnah You got Yaakov Mishnah You told me he just woke up. 
And then you tell me, you woke up, wow, this place is amazing. This is, he went back to sleep? Guys, this is the bomb question of the week. He went back to sleep? He, he, he gets up, and we're like, oh my gosh, how did I sleep here? This place is so holy, right? But then the next passage says, it seems to be he woke up in the morning. He went back to sleep. How could you go back to sleep? This is, uh, this is not my question. This is this is a bomb question. How do you go back to sleep? You, you're getting up. You're like, whoa, right? And then, and then in the morning you wake up. What's going on over here? So it's a, I'm giving the answer. This is what this is. It's whole subject matter. There's many answers to this question, but I'm going I'm going down one road. What? Could be. Really? Okay. So maybe we'll say the same thing. Maybe not. So so what's going on over here? So first of all, every little kid knows that God is everywhere, right? Everyone has a song, Hashem is here, Hashem is everywhere. Everyone here knows Hashem is everywhere. How could it be that Yaakov woke up and said, Achem, behold, yes, Hashem, God is in this place. What do you mean you didn't know? God is everywhere. God is in every place. God is in this room. God is in that room. God is outside, right? God is in your head. God is in your butt. God is everywhere. Behold, I didn't know that God is in this place. And what are you scared of? So, so the whole thought, which I know I, I did speak about before, but we'll speak about it again because it's very important. Um, Yaakov Avinu was Yoshev Oholam. He sat and learnt all day. He was in Shemayim. His head was in Shemayim. His body was in Shemayim. He was totally in Shemayim. He didn't go to work. He didn't go in the fields. He sat, he sat all day and learned. Hashem is in Shemayim. Hashem is learning and davening in Shemayim. Like Rabbi Shimon Bar when he first came out of the cave, he saw people working, he burnt them up. Tyra is, you know, there's no arets. He, he comes now to, and he has a dream. And, in the, and and the reason that that why did why did why did Yitzchak want to give Eitz the bracha because Yitzchak was also in Shemayim he was brought as a carbon but if Eitz represented taking the physical world and making it spiritual that's the highest level making something spiritual spiritual but taking something that's not spiritual an apple. Um, and making a bracha on it, taking, making challah, taking a bracha when you take the challah, and baking challah for Shabbos, taking a piece of bread, and making it spiritual, right? That's much harder than making something spiritual, spiritual. So, being physical, physical work and physical things, working on a farm and giving leket, you know, and, 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 and shikha and peya, and, so Hashem gave us 613 mitzvahs of taking Physical things, uh, linen and wool, tzitzes, tefillin, what you're allowed to see, what you're allowed to say, right? Physical things, to connect the physical and the spiritual is the highest level. Yaakov was all spiritual. Esau was all physical. Yitzhak wanted Esau to do the, to, to do the physical, Yaakov to do the spiritual, and for them to put it together, but Esau, that Esau would share the physical with Yaakov, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. But that was what Yitzhak wanted. But he wouldn't. 
Yaakov would share the spiritual, and he would share. The, yeah, he was not giving Yaakov anything. So that's why, specifically, if you look at the bracha, right? It's very physical. Yaakov's bracha, the bracha that he stole from Esau, the very physical bracha. Shmani Aretz. I don't think he, I don't think in the bracha said you should become a girl on door. I'll go back to the bracha, but I think it was mostly physical things because Yitzchak wanted to be able to bridge the physical world and make it spiritual. Now you have Yaakov Avinu, who's all spiritual, who his thought process is, he just came out of Yeshiva 14 years, that, that, that everything is spiritual. Now he's going into a place where he's gonna to have to work. So Hashem at that point showed him a ladder that, that the, the, the bottom of the ladder is on the ground. It's on earth. It's on the ground. It's not in Shemayim. It's on the ground. If you do the right thing, you can connect what's on the ground, take it all the way up the ladder, and make it a Shemayim thing. And Hashem is standing on the top. But it's connected. The ladder is connected from earth to heaven. Totally new concept for Yaakov Avinu. Totally new concept. A concept that Hashem had to show him because where was he going? He was going to work. He was going to love on. He was going to the real ground. So Hashem showed him this concept. So I don't think what Yikatz Yaakov Mishnaso means he woke up with his eyes and he woke up. He woke up to realize that there's a ladder. That there's a connection. Right? If God is on top of the ladder, but the ladder is connected to the ground, that means God's on the ground too. So God is in, God is in breakfast. God is in hamutzi. God is in going to the bathroom and saying Hashayotza. God is in physical clothing. God is in 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 in, in zivug in in everything, and and that was a new concept. And he was very scared of that concept. God's in this place. I didn't know that God resides in the physical world. I know that He resides in the spiritual world. The reason that Jews were very different, like like the Christians, so they have they have priests and nuns. They don't get married. They're not allowed to get married because that's not that's not holy physical relationship between a, a man and a woman. And we're just the opposite. You're not allowed to not get married. And, and, and the monks in the, in the, in, the, in Buddha, in, in, in Buddha, in the, in the Himalayas, right? They, they eat, they hardly eat. They fast. A lot of fasting. There's no physical relationships between men and women. Totally, totally disconnected from the physical world. That's not Judaism. Judaism is Shabbos. You have to eat three meals. If, you're not, if you don't eat three meals on Shabbos, you're over. What do you mean? If I fasted a whole Shabbos, don't you think I'd be holier? No. You have to eat. Yom Kippur, Erev Yom Kippur, you have to eat. You're connecting before Yom Kippur, when you're disconnecting from the physical world and the five you knew him, you have to eat. And you have, it's a mitzvah to eat all day. And some people say that's a bigger mitzvah than, than fasting. So, so this idea, Tiagav Avinu, you want to put me into the Schmutz world? And I should be connected to you on the top of the ladder? How do you do that? How do you do that? And you're going to see in the Medrash Talmud, he was very scared. He didn't get on the ladder. I, I, I don't want this ladder. 
I'm going to end up falling off. We end up going to, we're going to end up sitting. We're going to end up throw, getting thrown off the ladder. I don't want this. I want to be spiritual. I want to sit in my tent and learn all day. But Yiri became scared. Wow. What an amazing place earth is. That you could take the physical world and make it, and make it spiritual. Ain't You're telling me that in, in, in Lavan's house, you're telling me going out into the, going out and being a shepherd in the desert is the house of God? House of God's at the top of the ladder. House of God is, is that in the physical world? This is the gate to Shemayim? The world is the gate to Shemayim? And the answer is yes! In the next world, you can't do mitzvahs and averis. The gate to go to Shemayim is to do mitzvahs of this world. It's to take the physical world and make it spiritual. To use your mouth to compliment people, to do kibbutz of the aim, to use your hands, to use your five senses for God. He said, I didn't, I didn't know that. Of course I know God's everywhere. I didn't know that. So he woke up in his concepts, in his theories. And then in the morning, he asked him, Yaakov Aboka. And he made this, this, this physical monument. And he called it Beiskel, the house of God. This is where I found out that the physical and spiritual world can come together. And of course, what was that place? That place was the Beis HaMikdash. What did we do in the Beis HaMikdash? We brought Karbanos. We took physical things. And with the Reich we took physical things and we turned those physical things into spiritual things. We took spices and we brought Ketiris and we brought Kabbal Mincha and we brought Kabbal Chatos and we brought Kabbal Asham. Yom Kippur, they brought Korbanas in the base of Major. So the place that he was, which is a Shari Shemayim, which is, which is the house of God, was a place where there was a physical base of Major built. And that was the concept that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Wanted to give, to give, um, Yaakov. And, it is, I spoke to my girls today about it, and I spoke yesterday in seminary about it. It is an amazing place because the potential in the physical world to make things spiritual is infinite. It's infinite. An apple, an orange, an ashiyotzar, an alamichya, a brach on lightning, a brach on thunder, a brach on, on the yam. It, it's, it's endless. There's so many things in the physical world that you can make spiritual. In the spiritual world, you can't, you can't do anything. You can't make a bracha. You can't do a mitzvah. So, the Mishnah Pekhava says that one second in this world is greater than the whole Alam Haba. Because in this world, you can connect spiritual and physical. In the next world, you're not physical anymore. You can't connect the two. And this was a concept that Yaakov needed to learn. And Itaka took it. Um, he took it to love. What do you think he was doing all night in love? And when he was, when he said, "I stayed up all night in the snow and the ice, and I, I never, I never lost one of your lambs." You think he was uh, on his iPhone? He was sitting and learning. He was worried that he didn't have oil when he was traveling. You can imagine when he was sitting there that he was sitting and learning. You, you could connect it to. That's the goddess of Judaism. That it, it is. A, it is. You could take the physical. You know, the guy, the guys of people that, that that I do business with, they're like, I don't understand you guys. Passover, you eat for eight days, and the Sukkot tabernacle, eat for another ten days, and then you have shavuos. They never heard of shavuos. And you eat cheesecake, and then you got Purim, you eat all day, and you got Hanukkah. You have these these latkes and and jelly donuts. And man, you are a nation of eating. We're a nation of connecting everything physical in the world to our spiritual world. That, that's the godless. Yaakov didn't come from there. 
That's where Esau was out in the field, but he didn't connect it to. He was just physical. Yaakov didn't come from this. This is a whole new concept. But it gives us, everyone here, a, a crazy, a crazy uh, a potential helping people. And Malachim don't have this. They don't help each other. You know, the chest that a person can do, the hour that you're on your iPhone wasting your time, you can, you can make a kid smile, you can go to a nursing home and help an old lady. There's, the potential is not, is not, that's what you have to say. In this world, I could do so much. This is the house of God. This is where you do things. This is where you can get things done. That was a very new concept. That was a very new concept. And then when you ask him, okay, let me tell you the Medjish Tanchum on this. The Medjish Tanchum, which I did say last year, but there's a bunch of Medjish Tanchumas that I did not say last year. And they're amazing. And they talk about Leah and, um, they talk about Leah and Rachel. But before we get to that, I want to tell you the one that I said last year. And I spoke, I spoke about this like five times already this week, but it's never repetitive. And it says the following. So what did he see? What did he see on this, on this ladder? Omar Rabbechia, says, What did he see? He saw an angel, Sarah Shalbavel. He saw the guardian angel of the Babylonian Empire. How long did that last? Seventy years. We were at Gullus Bavel. Seventy years. Talmud Bavli. So he saw this angel go up, which represented Bavel, 70 steps, and then God threw him off the ladder. And then he saw Shalmadai, he saw the Persians go up, Persian Empire. Hashem threw them off the ladder after a while. So Yavan, the Greek Empire, what was that, 400 years? I think it was maybe. He already went up 400 steps, threw him out. Shal Edom, then he saw the Roman Empire. He already threw them out. There's no more Roman Empire, there's no more Babylonian Empire, they're all gone. Allah Kosh Bokhli Yaakov. Shem said to Yaakov in his dream, Loma get on the ladder, let's go. Yallah, get on. Why don't you go on? When Hashem told him to get on the ladder, Yaakov became very scared. Just like you threw these guys off the ladder, you're going to throw me off the ladder. I don't want to go up the ladder if you get thrown off the ladder. Number one mistake. Is not taking the chance. Most people in life don't accomplish what they need to because they're scared of failure. They don't get on the ladder because maybe you're going to throw me off the ladder. They don't take a chance because they feel they can't take a chance and I and I and I and I'm not successful. I'm a loser. So I heard something amazing, and I repeated it to 150 therapists this Sunday when I spoke. I said. If you take a chance in life, and we're talking about a positive chance, and you fail, you were successful at taking a chance. If you don't take a chance, then you're not even successful at taking a chance. So if you take a chance and you fail, at least you could turn around and say, I was successful. What do you mean you were successful? You failed. I was successful at taking a chance. But if you don't even take the chance, then you're, you failed at taking a chance. You didn't, even, you didn't even get on the ladder. And you should never be scared of failure. Because no one's always successful. But you can't, take, you can't be successful if you don't take the chance. Lahavdo, Wayne Gretzky, it's my favorite saying. They asked him, he was the highest scoring hockey player ever so far in the NHL. He's in, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame. 
He's a skinny runt. The guy is so skinny. I never understood. This guy was the highest score in hockey. You look at him, like, why didn't someone just flatten him, right? And he said something brilliant. He said, you, f- you, you miss 100% of the shots you never took. Just shoot it towards the net. It'll hit the pole, it'll hit a skate, it'll hit a stick, a little shoulder, it'll go in. Shoot a hundred times, it'll go in. You don't shoot a hundred times, it can't go in. You miss a hundred percent of the chances in life that you don't take. You can't be successful if you don't take the chance. So Yakovino said, I'm not taking the chance. I am scared to be thrown off the ladder. I'm not even getting on the ladder. You just showed me a bunch of guys that went up the ladder, got thrown off. I'm not going to try that. in the dream said to Yaakov Avinu, if you get on the ladder, I won't throw you off. Hey, that's a pretty good guarantee, guys. God says to you, you take the chance, you'll be successful. It's crazy He didn't believe Hashem. And he didn't get on the ladder. Now how could you understand that? Yaakov Levino didn't believe Hashem. Hashem just promised him, I'm not going to throw you off the ladder. How can he not believe in Hashem? How do you understand this? If God came to you and told you you're going to be successful, you're, going to, you're not going to get on the ladder, oh, you're going to get on that ladder. Right? Avraham Levino got on the ladder, Hashem said, Lech Lecha, right, leave. You'll be successful. I promise you, you'll have children, whatever it is. He left! What's going on here? So when I first listened to this Medrash Taklum, I'm like, I, I, you know, Medrash is Medrash, but this is, Hashem said, I will not throw you off the ladder. He didn't listen. He didn't believe me. He didn't listen. So I learned the Mepharshim on it. So the Mepharshim are amazing. Yaakov Vino said like this, why did you throw the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, the Persian Empire, why did you throw them off the ladder? Because they were bad. They were bad. They, they became they became big Risham. He said, Kersh Baruch he was a very big Anav. He said, I'm going to sin. I'm going to do sins. And my children are going to do sins. I know you're my God and I'm your son. And you believe in me that I'll never do anything wrong. But Hashem, I'm not as good as you think I am. And my kids are not going to be as good as you think they are. So we're going to sin. And when we sin, the din in Shemayim, the din is going to have to throw us off. Because the, 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 the angels of all the other places are going to say, what, one second. We sin, you throw us off. And the Jews sin, you don't throw them off. He said, so, you believe in me. But I know better, it's just not going to be that way. So it came from a good place. But he had, he, but if Hashem tells you to get on the ladder, you get on the ladder. You don't make shishbainas. So Hashem punished them. And in turn punished us. And he said, Hashem said, really? So he said, "Bechulzay shchatu oid." He said, "We're we're going to we're going to sin, and we're going to sin. You're going to be forced to throw us off because the, it's going to be din. The other malachim are going to say you have to throw us off." I'm like, "Kodesh Baruch Hu, you Elisa, if you would have gone on the ladder, the Amanti, you would have believed me. read the You would have never ever been in Galus. Amanta, you're worried what they're going to say. The other angels, you're worried what they're going to say. You didn't believe me." Your children are going to end up being in Golos by every one of them four that I threw off. You were worried about them? 
Now, what are they going to say? Now you're going to worry about them. Mida Kenegamida. You want to worry about them? Now you're going to worry about them. Now you're going to be in Gullus by the Persians, by the Greeks, by the Romans, by all of them. But, said Hashem, the mice came from a good place. And Yaakov was like, we're not, we're not, you know, you know, dad, you think I'm a good guy, but I'm not as good as you think I am. Right? So, Hashem said, but in the end, you'll, you'll what's it called? In the end, you'll be on the top of the ladder when Mashiach comes. In the end, you're gonna be there. But Yaakov never got on the ladder. Okay? So, so this is very important for us, for everyone, that you have to get on the ladder. You have to take the chance. You have to do what you have to do. And Hashem will do what He has to do. You have to get on the ladder. If you don't get on the ladder, then you're, then you're not, then you can't go up and down. Life is up and down. It's interesting the way God created us that the heartbeat, when you take a cardiogram, right? So if you ever take a cardiogram, you guys are very young, but the cardiogram goes up and up and up and up, every, every heartbeat, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. God forbid if it stays flat, you're dead. Flat line, you're not here anymore. We're not, we're not always up and we're not always down. A human being, some days are good, some days are not so good. There's a struggle. Your heart is not always up. And not always, and not always down. That's, that's the way Hashem created us. And that's part of life. But Hashem said, but you gotta get on the ladder. You, you gotta take the chance. People ask me all the time, how come you thought of Arnava? Nobody else thought of Arnava. I was like, because, because when I get into something, like the ranch or whatever I do, I, I go into it, I have a moon and a Baruch Hu, but I know I could fail. I didn't, I didn't, I have failed in things I've tried in life. That's part of it. It's part of growth. Part of growth is failing. So, now once you look at the ladder of life, right, between heaven and earth, that's, you're on earth and then you get to heaven, that's what your neshama does in the end. On that ladder, yes, the, their angels go up and the angels go down. Okay. Okay. But don't jump off the ladder. Don't not get on the ladder. Then you're not alive. So you do your best. Hashem has to do what he has to do. And sometimes you're going to fall and sometimes you're going to go up. But you know why Hashem showed a ladder, not steps or a road. Why a ladder? What's the... What's the, what's the, what's the symbolism of a ladder? A ladder is something that whether you're going up or down, you're always looking up. When you climb the ladder, you look up, and when you go down the ladder, you look up. You turn around, and look down, you're going to fall off the ladder. So when a person's doing well in life, you're going up the ladder. Hashem says, "I need to. I'm, I'm up there." And when you're going down the ladder, I'm still up there. It's the same God. Nothing changed. I'm at the top of the ladder. I am, the ladder is leaning on me. Where does the ladder lean? When you have a ladder against the wall, the top of the you know this is the wall. And you have a ladder leaning, it's the top of the ladder, not the bottom of the ladder that leans on the wall, it's the top of the ladder that's leaning on the wall. And who's on the top of the sham? It's me. You're leaning on me. Whether you're going up, you're leaning on me, and whether you're going down, you're leaning on me. There's no difference. So life is here, going up and going down. Not everything goes your way all the time, but get on the ladder, Yaakov. Get on the ladder. Don't be scared to get on the ladder, because if you don't get on the ladder, then things like, you see what happens to us, you end up in Gullus. And Hashem said, had you gotten on, the Jews would have never been in Gauls. Could you imagine that? So that's a very important lesson that we learn from the dream. The dream is a very um, amazing metaphor for everyone to learn. You know, and I always talk about, I just was telling someone yesterday who's going through a hard time, the pun of a chirav. It's, it's, it's like the best story for anyone who opens up a yeshiva or a ranch or anything that, you know, and I have to tell you something. Without Hashem's help, you can do nothing. My dream, my dream, is to take 
everything that the Jewish kids need to go to Goyim for, to go to non-Jews for, to make a place for them to go to a Jewish place. Today I was talking to maybe a clinical director, we, we interviewed someone, and I explained to her that as much as you fix the psychology of the person or the meta, metabolic part of the person or they need medicine there's a soul we as Jews we believe we know that there's a soul and if you fix the whole car but the battery is disconnected you could have a Tesla, I don't care what you have, especially if you have a Tesla because it's electric, but you can have the most expensive Maserati, Ferrari, $400,000, big tires, the engine, everything is perfect. The battery cables are disconnected. The car will not move. I, I'm talking to you from experience because I used to, many years ago, when I had my Yeshiva Shakar, one of the problems that we had always was that the battery, uh, the cables would rot, would rust, and when they rusted, there was no connection, and you sat there, and the car was dead. So what do you do? You have to boost the battery. So you have this. You have this. this is what I told her. Listen carefully, guys. Don't ever forget this. So you have a four hundred thousand dollar car, and it's dead because you left the lights on all night. You left the lights and your headlights on all night. It drained the battery. Battery is dead. You go downstairs to your four hundred thousand dollar Ferrari. You turn the key. You don't even get a get nothing, it's dead you open the hood and an old jalopy is driving by worth $500 kilo car and you ask him, do you have cables? $12.99 cables $12.99 cables his old jalopy car it takes about um, 30 seconds or less, boosts your Ferrari why? Because that battery, if it's dead, even though the car has every machine and it's got 750 horsepower, you can do 0 to 60 in 2 seconds. You have no battery, you can do 0 to 60 in 2 days. You can't do anything. You can't do anything. I try to explain to the therapist that you can make this girl who's suffering into a Ferrari best medicines best therapies EMDR whatever the newest therapies in the world and you got this Ferrari if you don't fix her soul you got a Ferrari without a battery it's not going anywhere I said that is the ingredient that drives us everything else you're right you got to fix everything else I'm not not denying that you got to give them you know the emotional healthness and the medicine whatever you need to give them but you understand that we need a jalopy, maybe Wallstein, maybe someone else, a jalopy to come every once in a while and, you know, maybe a Shabbos, maybe a, a good vart, maybe something about the parsha, maybe, maybe, maybe just something about Judaism, maybe a bracha. You know, there's a mezuzah in every single door. We have 64 mezuzahs we bought. Not cheap. 64 mezuzahs in the ranch, in this rehab. Every time a girl walks into a room, there's a mezuzah. In, in Utah, there's no mezuzahs. And in the refuge in Florida, there's no mezuzahs. But I know 
that that battery is going to get recharged every time she touches that mezuzah and kisses it. You have to you have to keep the battery running. You, you don't need a Ferrari. You just need a a jump start. And every one of us needs that because we don't treat the neshama. One of the reasons I feel very much that we're having such a huge problem today with drugs um, and kids off the derech is because we get these kids with these beautiful little neshamas and we just we just don't we don't boost them and the battery dies and when the battery dies inside and you're not connected to God and you're not connected to your neshama there's a huge void and you don't understand where that void is coming from because a neshama is a feeling so you think that if you if you have a girl or a drink or a cigarette or some drugs that it's going to fill that void Nothing. Listen to me carefully. There's nothing in this world that God created that can fill the void of a soul. Of that spirituality. There's nothing. Shalom on Shabbos, it has, it has, it has spirituality in it. But there's nothing. And if you don't deal with that, and I think that one of the reasons that we have, you know, kids off the derech, I'm not talking about kids that were abused. I'm talking about kids that were not abused. Right? And we just don't understand what's going on. It's because that soul died. It, 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 it didn't die because, you see, the battery, this is also very important. So, so the Ferrari, the battery, they call it the battery died. Actually, the battery didn't die. Because if it died, you couldn't, you couldn't boost it. It's not dead. It has no energy in it. It's not dead. If it's dead, it's just amazing. The battery's not dead. The battery, you left the lights on, so it lost all its energy. Two seconds, boom, bah. The car's on, and then, and then you can drive for the rest of your life. It won't be dead. So it's not dead. It just has no energy. And the Shema can never be dead. It's just ebbing. You know, sometimes when my car in the old days, when it would, so the lights work, but you can't get the thing to turn over. Well, the lights didn't even work because the battery was that dead, but the radio worked. There's still enough energy to get the radio to work. Not totally dead. And the Shema can never be totally dead. It can't. You can't kill a Shema. It needs a boost, and, I, I, and there's a very big void. And, um, and, and if you don't fill that void, then we search and, like the song, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. We're looking for an neshama in all the wrong places. There's no drug, there's no high, there's nothing that can fill that void. And on the other side, the drugs that are anesthesia, the kids that get drunk and they smoke pot and they just don't want, they don't want to feel. What don't they want to feel? So if they're in pain because they were hurt, so that's, we understand that. But let's say they're not in pain. Just guys, right, we're doing drugs because there's a void. You know, you, 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 when, when someone says, it's, it's a cliche, but when someone says, I'm bored, which a lot of kids are like, bored, right? That means your neshama is not, is, is, needs a boost. You're not connecting. You're not connecting to Hashem. You're bored, you open a safer. Oh, a safer, I'm so far away from a safer. I agree. I agree. But if you're bored, that means there's nothing going on. So, so I, I think that's one of the biggest problems today, is that we're not, our kids are not connected. Yes, they know how to learn some of them, and they know the subject matter. They know the subject matter. They know the Gemara, whatever it is, but they're not connected to Hashem. The void is Hashem. A neshama is God. You have to understand what a neshama is. A neshama is not subject matter. A neshama is part of God. It's it's life, but it's an emotion. It's a it's 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 a part of Hashem. It's Hashem blew into our noses, so to say, whatever it is, a neshama. It's part of our Kodesh Baruch Hu. So the, 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 the charge for the soul 
is being connected to our Kashbuk, being connected to the source, being connected to the battery. God's the battery. Hashem needs some olive. I am your ladder, your earth, connected to Shemayim, is leaning on me. I am the battery. And if you don't lean on me, the ladder's gonna, you're not gonna do well. So that's, and, and, and you know, the, the 12 steps, I'm not gonna get into 12 steps. You know, they, they, they're all, these are not, these are not religious Jews in the 12 steps. There are millions of people in the 12 steps. They're connected to a higher power. Because they don't want to talk about Hashem, but they, it's Hashem in a different word, right? They say if you don't have spirituality, you cannot be successful in breaking your addiction. That's, that's one of the parts of the 12 steps. I'm not preaching 12 steps. I'm not saying yes or no. But I'm just telling you that part of the 12 steps, what, like what? Where'd you come up with this, right? The people who practice and preach 12 steps, you have a higher power that you have to answer to. Because they know there's a void. You're an alcoholic. You're drinking to get rid of that void. There is a void. And if you don't fill that void with spirituality, you're going to continue doing drugs because you don't have that spirituality. Yaakov saw in his dream, it's connected. Earth, a human being, your life, and God, and Shemayim, is connected through a ladder. The ladder is life. Representation of the ladder is when you're born, earth, you're an earthling, and as you get older, you travel towards your final resting place, which is in, which is in Shemayim. And during that trip that you take as a human being, there's going to be times that you're going to go up. And there's going to be times that you're going to go down. But the good thing about a ladder is, you only you miss a rung, it's one step. If you're holding on to the ladder, it's only one step if you miss a rung. Go up one, you go down one. People don't run down ladders. You're not going to do well running down a ladder backwards. So it's very, very, very important. But you never turn your back on God. Because on a ladder, you never turn your back to the top. Your face is always facing up. Always facing Hashem. And that's what I, that was what Hashem was doing. Because Yaakov, he's losing Rachel, his wife, very young. His daughter is accosted and molested, Dina. Yosef is sold to Mitzrayim. He doesn't see him for 22 years. He goes down to Mitzrayim. He has a miserable life, he tells Paro. So Hashem said, you, 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 you need to learn this now. Because until now, everything was great. I mean, except for Esau, right? But in Yeshiva, everything was good. But now you're going into the world of tragedy. How are you going to deal with it, Yaakov? Yaakov's like, I don't want to get on the ladder. I don't want to go there. Because you have to get on the ladder. Because the way you deal with the world of tragedy is that, you know, I'm on top. Victory, tragedy, I'm still on top. It's the same ladder, and it's all leaning on me. And that's the the metaphor, the most important part of this whole dream that happened. It's very late, but I want I must read you one more thing about um, Rachel Imenu. And it says like this. I, this bothered me, and Baruch Hashem, I found this, because this bothered me forever and I never gave a share in it because I ah, I was like I can't Hashem Hashem saw that Leah was hated guys you can't learn the Torah you cannot learn the Torah that Yaakov Avinu hated his wife number one the halacha is if you take out the Mishnah Bura right the halacha is that you are not allowed to be physically with your wife to have children if you don't have shalom between the two of you. You're not allowed to. It's halacha. If you have a fight, you're not allowed to be with your wife. So maybe that's one of the reasons some people make peace. They want to be together. 
But you're not allowed. So, so if the Torah tells us that he hated her, how did he have six children with her? Maybe the Kakasha. Altogether, Yaakov can hate somebody. He's a wife. He's going to make her cry. He's going to favor. It doesn't make sense. And, and I never understood what it meant. And now I understand what it means. Listen carefully to the Medrash Tanchum on this. So he says, Now let's go through this. Okay. Leah was supposed to marry. Leah was the older one. Some people hold that they were twins. That Leah and Rachel were twins. But Leah was definitely the older one. She was supposed to marry Esau. Rachel Yaakov and Rachel was supposed to marry Yaakov. This is a beautiful, I never learned this with you guys. A beautiful Medjitan Chuma. Okay? So they knew older marries older, younger marries younger. So Leah, they didn't have phones in those days. So she heard, and maybe Baruch HaKodesh, that she's marrying this guy, Esau. She had no idea who he was. They didn't live next to each other. He's a good guy. Well, it's good, you know, it's, she didn't have a resume. So she thought he was a good guy. So she sat at the derech, and she asked travelers, Mama you heard about this guy, Esau, Yaakov, uh, son? What does he do? They said to her, Ishra! This guy? He's a bad man. Shefech Domim, he's a murderer. Mekapeach Oivrim Vishavim. He's a highway robber. He steals from people. Admaini, he's a redhead. Kuloi Adereseyer, he's full of hair. He's covered with hair. Okay? Russia, he's a Russia. Kol Toimus Hashem He does everything that's an abomination in the eyes of God. <laughs> That's not a good report for a shidduch. Kevin Shahisa Shamaskah, when she heard this, because she knows she was supposed to marry him, she cried. Remember, she said, Me and my sister Rachel came from one womb. So there's, a, there's some hold that they came from at the same time from one womb, and they were twins. Not everyone holds like that. Rachel, Rachel's going to marry Yaakov the Tzadik. I need the of Russia, Hashem. And I'm going to marry Esau of Russia. She was crying. She fasted. Till her eyes became swollen. That's why it says, Her eyes were swollen. And Hashem saw that Leah was hated. What does that mean? She was hated. Not by Yaakov. She hated what Esav was supposed to be her shidduch, right? So you could see on her face she was in a lot of pain because she hated this guy Esav. She did not want to marry him. Not Yaakov. Hashem didn't see that she was hated by Yaakov, says the Medjah Hashem saw that she hated Esav. Kishnua. She was a hater. She hated Esav. If you look at the Pasuk, it makes sense from the words. Okay? Her, and, and, and Rachel, that heard she's marrying Yaakov, while you leave us her heart was, uh, she was happy, right? And, 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 and proud. I'm getting the good boy. 
Now they both got married to Yaakov. Hashem said, look how Hashem listens to the people who cry. The one that was crying and fasting and hating Esav, my say Esav, and she used to daven to me, how could I keep her away from Yaakov? She did, she cried, she fasted, she hates Esau because he's a bad person, he was rich, he was very strong, another bad girl would have loved him, he was like the perfect bad boy, right, girls like bad guys, so, but she was a tzaddikista, so Hashem said, how could I just give this tzaddik to Rachel and not, and leave out, and leave out Leah, so I'm going to give her, now that he married her, I'm going to give her the children first. Hashem saw that Leah hated the deeds of Esau, and therefore he gave her a child. Very different than the way I thought was going on. You understand? Okay. Um, it's, it's, there's so many, um, there's so many Medjushtachumas in this week's parasha. Whoever has a Medjushtachumah, you have to learn it. Okay, we'll just learn one more. But Yisko Lekim is Rachel. So now, Leah had the six kids. Rachel's now in a lot of pain. The Shifchas have two each. So there's ten kids born. She has no children. And all of a sudden, by Yisko Lekim is Rachel, Hashem remembers Rachel. Where else do we have that Hashem remembered someone in pain? Yisrael, Mitzrayim. Hashem heard the nakash, the cries of Yisrael. And he remembered them. What does that mean he remembered them? Everyone asked, he forgot? And the answer is no. He was in Din. But by davening and praying, he, he changed his position into Rachamim. So by Yisker means, I'm, I remember them to do Rachamim with them. Okay. So listen to this. We'll end with this because it's a lesson for everyone. If you see someone beautiful, what bracha do you make? Right? Rachel. There was nothing more beautiful in the world than Rachel. And Yaakov wanted to marry her. So he sent presents. Interesting. Interesting medrash. So this was the girl that he wanted to marry. So he sent her presents. Beautiful presents. The Lavan, Nasan So FedEx came to the house. And it said, attention, Rachel. And Lavan didn't give it to Rachel. He gave it to Leah. And Rachel didn't say anything. That Yaakov, By the way, Yaakov, all the stuff you're sending, I'm not getting. She didn't say anything. My whole life I left, I, I, I was with big tzaddikim. And you know what the best thing is? Quiet. Not to talk. Rachel Tafshab Shtika. Rachel was the her Kayak, her Mina was to be quiet because she didn't tell Yaakov about Leah that the switch the whole the, they're gonna make a switch. She didn't tell Yaakov about the presence being taken away and given it to her sister. Um Bishtika. This is one of my biggest proofs in my book on spiritual DNA. This Medjitanchuma. Because she was quiet, the children that came out of her, hundreds, thousands of years later had the meter of quiet. They didn't know her, but in spiritual DNA, this is one of my main proofs, is you see that from her children, they were quiet. They had that power of, when they're being very hurt, she was being very hurt, 
her Yaakov was being taken away from her. He bought her presents and her father gave it to his sister. She was being very hurt. She had this power of shtika. And therefore, in the, in the, in the aphod, um, well, we'll see soon. There was a stone, stone that meant quiet. But anyway, so the, the Evan that's in the, in the, in the Hoshen for Binyamin, right? Each one had a different stone, was called Yashve. Yashve means to be quiet. Okay? Yudea b'mechiras Yosef, the Shosek. Binyamin knew what the other brothers did. How come for 21 years he never told his father? He knew they sold Yosef. How come he didn't tell his father? Because he came from Rachel. And he had the power that even though he had unbelievable knowledge and he could have got them all in trouble, he had the power in the worst of times to be quiet. V'zehu Yashvei. Yashvei, that stone of Binyamin, Yeshlo Peh V'shaisek. It stands for Yeshlo Peh Yud Shin Peh. He had a mouth and he didn't say anything. Shol Ben Beno, he did the same thing. Shol did the same thing. And of course the most famous one who, um, what's it called, who came from there was who? Was Esther. Esther came from there, from, from, from Rachel. And Esther's whole Koyach was, right, that she didn't talk. That's what saved Christ from. Okay? Amar Rabbi Yehuda, being quiet is the greatest thing. She was chush shtika shal Rachel, zaks for Amida, shnei shefti b'yishrael, shnei shvatim b'yishrael, Ephraim of Anasha, yosar ala shvatim. All the Shvatim were the children of Yaakov. What came from her? Ephraim and Menashe. So she got two. Actually, three. She got Ephraim and Menashe and Benyamin. So she got three. Not two. Three. So she had more than the Shvachos. For Lama Shaska, why did she keep quiet? Why didn't she tell Yaakov, stop sending presents to me? My sister's getting them. So Omer Rav Shimon Bayechoi, Rav Shimon Bayechoi says, Omer Imishalachas Ani, Yaakov, if I'm going to tell my husband, I'm going to tell Yaakov that he's sending presents and I'm not getting them, he's giving it to my sister, my father. My father's not going to give back the presents. So what's the use of talking the Lush and Hara? She was, I'm not going to gain anything. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell my husband, I'm going to tell Yaakov that all the presents are going to, so Yaakov is going to say, give me back my presents to love one. Love one's going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Love one's a crook. So she said, that's not going to work, right? So telling Yaakov is not going to help me. But what's going to happen? The Abba and Mishenoloi. If my father finds out that I told Yaakov, he'll never let me marry him. And I won't be able to get close to him. You who kept quiet, because you were quiet, I will remember you. And from them came, came Ephraim and Menashe and Binyamin and in the end, because she was able to keep quiet, um, Esther Hamalka was able to keep quiet, he gave her the credit to keep quiet, in the end that was the, the Geula of Klai Yisrael. So, yes, it's extremely spiritual DNA is real, and um, sometimes we just, we want to say something when we're being hurt, somebody's hurting us, and we want to, we want to stop it, when you need to think, if I'm going to say anything, is it going to help? And if it's not going to help, it's just going to cause pain. Just be quiet. Just don't say anything. There's nothing better in the world than shtika. May Klai Yisrael go up and up and up and up the ladder. And only up and not down in everyone's life. We should just keep going up. And Kim Beis Hashem should rebuild the house of Hashem. 
which was where he where he where he dreamt. And don't ever forget what the pun of Echarev said. After the war, he had no students left, and he's standing in B'nai Brak, and there's no one there, and he has one student. And B'nai Brak, 1940 something, there was no houses, there was nothing, it was it was nothing, it was a little teeny city. And the pun of Echarev sat. St- said to his Talmud, I know, it doesn't seem possible, but one day where I'm standing on this hill, I'm going to build the biggest yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to call it Panovich. And it's, it's his, there was no one there, was no Talmud, there was nothing. So his student looked at the Panovich Rav and he said, Rebbe, I love you, but don't be angry at me, but you're dreaming. There's, there's no one here. And he looked at his student and this is, this is my main line always. And he said, you're right I'm dreaming but I'm not sleeping so we don't dream the dreams when we sleep don't mean anything but the dreams when we're awake don't ever be scared to get on the ladder don't ever fail taking a chance if you take a chance and you fail you are successful at taking a chance and that's a big kayak to be successful at taking a chance may we all be zaychet to see Mashiach and the base of Midrash back in the place called Bethel, base cow. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.